Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Today, I want to look at three areas which I believe that we can all struggle with within our faith life, and they are the areas of time, thought, and trust. And I really do pray that by the end of my message today that you'll find yourself in a greater place of faith and of peace in your hearts and minds. That's the goal, that by the end of the message, you'll find yourself in a greater place of faith and of peace in your hearts and in your minds, and that you'll feel calmer about life, calmer about the future, because you're in a greater place of surrender. That would be a good outcome, wouldn't it? And so, you know, you might find yourself at a time in life where it's the end of a relationship, a friendship, a vocation, a ministry, or a season But I just know that God wants to say to you today that it doesn't mean that it's the end for you. In actual fact, it can be a new beginning and a new opportunity. And when it comes to the end of what we think is the end, that's when Jesus begins. And this is why we need to get a hold of time, thought and trust from God's perspective. And so point number one today, time. And as we look at this particular point, uh, let me give you a contrast between God's timeline and our daily calendar. And so let's read from the Message Bible found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. And uh, it says, Don't overlook the obvious here, my friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end, because he doesn't want anyone to be lost. Another version says to perish. He's giving everyone space and time to change and to come to repentance. Humanity measures a day based on 24 hours of time, which is also marked by the sun and the moon. But because God is the light, a day for him is not marked by the day or night because God is outside of all of that. God is timeless. And it's an understatement to say that we live in a fast-paced world where we have come to expect instant responses and gratification to every desire and need, simply because we don't like to wait. And sometimes, you know, we can approach God with the same expectations when it comes to wanting an immediate response from Him. But waiting is a part of life. Waiting is a part of life. And so it's important to learn how to wait well. I think we've really got to resolve the fact that waiting is a part of life. You know, when we go to the supermarket, I don't know about you, but I, I primarily shop at Woolies in Albury, in the Maya complex. But sometimes I have gone to the Woolies in Lavington. And has anyone here shopped at both of those supermarkets? Now, who would agree that... <laughs> 
I hope no one from Woolies is listening right now. But I tell you what, every time I go to the Woolies in Lavington, you just seem to wait so much longer. But you've got to learn how to wait well. Waiting, my friends, is a part of life. And remember today, we're looking at time, thought, and trust, not from humanity's perspective, but from God's heavenly perspective. And we really need to resolve that the two are very different. And they will always be very different. Waiting is a part of life. You wait in line at the supermarket. You wait at line at times when you go to the bank, at the ATM, when you're wanting to be served at the doctor's. It's called a waiting room. You've got to wait. Waiting is a part of life. But like I've said, how you wait is important. If you have to wait on God's promises to come to pass in your life, you must resolve to wait well. You must wait well and be a good testimony to what it means to be patient and to wait. One of the things that I love to do is I love to go to Melbourne. A couple of weeks ago, I uh, was catching the train and I, I just love catching the train. Uh, I always catch the 6.35am departure from Aubrey to go into Spencer Street. I just love it. But a couple of weeks ago, I was approaching the platform and the conductor uh, greets me as I'm approaching my carriage and she says, I have bad news for you today. The, the driver is sick and so now we need to arrange coaches for you to go from Aubrey to Melbourne and they're currently doing school runs. Uh, and keep in mind, it's, six, it's about quarter past six in the day at this particular time. And she's saying that we might not be departing until 9.30, 10 o'clock, but go to the waiting room. Okay. I was getting my head around it, you see, because I was really had the expectation of sitting and leaning and just all of that. So I had to change gears. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, I'll go and uh, take a seat. Uh, the next thing I did was go to Guru's, little shout out for Guru's Coffee uh, in Dean Street. Went and saw Guru, got a coffee, walked back. And now I'm in the waiting room and I'm just sitting and I'm doing what the waiting room, you know, wants you to do. Just wait. And uh, so I decided to have a little chat with a couple of uh, the conductors because I know them. I, I've seen them over time and uh, they're like, oh, you know, we are so sorry because, you know, they know who I am because I'm a regular. I said, look, I said, don't worry. I said, isn't it true? There's worse things happening in the world today than us being delayed from having to catch a, a bus and, and go to Melbourne. I said, don't, I said, don't worry about it. I said, look, please tell me your name again because, you know, I see you quite often. And so there was Todd and, and there was Susan. And so then I went and sat down. I said, thank you so much. So I'm sitting down and it's probably about three quarters of an hour later and I'm just sitting there and, and I'm thinking, you know, I can't do anything about it. Let's just go with this. And then they both look at me and they go like this. And so I thought I wasn't sure if they were referencing myself. And so they, they're like, yeah, you. And so I got up and had a chat with them and they called another two people. Keep in mind there's between 30 and 40 people in the waiting room. But they called me up, took me outside. They wanted me to get my luggage. And so they said, we've organized a taxi 
for you and two others, and it's leaving in five minutes. So they had organized, can you believe they organized a taxi to drive us from Aubrey to Spencer Street in Melbourne? Yeah. And so out of all the people they could have called, they called myself, another fellow, and a mother and her daughter. And so we all piled into the taxi. Can I just say that I don't believe that I would have been called up if I didn't wait well? I believe that if I didn't give thanks and bless them where I could, try to make it easier on them. You know, just imagine if I complained. Well, you know, I've been traveling on V-Line for many years. I am a regular. Don't you know who I am? Surely you've seen me in the past. You know, and it's not good enough. Who can I complain to? I want to criticize just somebody. Do you think they would have called me up? and say, you, it's your turn, come up, I'm calling you up, your time of waiting is over. We all know the answer. Hey, it was kind of funny because everyone out there is going, no, they wouldn't have called you. And we're imperfect. Well, then how much more would a perfect God not call us up if we've been complaining while we're waiting? Now, mind you, we all got in the taxi And uh, I couldn't wait until the end of the actual journey to see what the fare was going to be. Anyone want to take a guess? Yes, Colin. $500. Any advances on? Scott. $1,500. Susan. $1,000. If there was a prize, and there's actually not, but you would win it. Because it was $1,050, just in case anyone wants to take a random taxi from Aubrey to Melbourne. I got into the taxi and I said, well, I hope this ride has a snack bar. And in actual fact, it was the taxi's birthday. Uh, sorry, the driver's birthday. And so when we stopped, I said, look, I'm going to uh, shout you a coffee uh, for your birthday. And uh, it was just You've got to make the most. If you've got to wait, then let me encourage you to wait well. What about seed time and harvest? We're all sowing seed, yeah, for our future. We're sowing seed into our future, being generous uh, on every occasion and every season. Well, between seed time and harvest comes a time of waiting. Whenever you sow a seed, what follows is a time of waiting. After a seed is planted, the external elements such as heat, moisture, and the ground's pressure finally cause the outer shell of the seed to crack. Sometimes we need to crack, right, in the right sense. And, uh, and then roots begin to break out underground. But above ground, it seems like nothing is happening. Is there someone here today and you just feel like you're sowing, you're laboring, you've got your shoulder to the plow, you're moving forward one step at a time, but it just doesn't seem that anything is happening. Well, let me just tell you, all kinds of things are happening. We just can't see it. I wish I had time to tell you all the seed that I'm sowing at the moment, just locally and regionally and having different conversations with community leaders and now I'm just waiting for the harvest to come for the door to, the doors to open for the breakthroughs to come let me tell you something 
as we wait for God's timing at the right time, what was planted in faith, what was planted um, in generosity will finally break through and break out and the fruit of our choices will become evident as we harvest many blessings. So I want to encourage you with point number one, time. Don't lose heart, but keep on sowing. Keep on going because we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Point number two today, thoughts. I love uh, this passage in uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. This is one of my favorite passages. And God says, like, there's over 7,000 promises, right, in God's Word. 7,000 promises, over. This is one of them. And God promises that His thoughts are not our thoughts. I think it might be the, the message version that says, where God says, my thoughts and my ways are nothing like your thoughts or your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If we give our thoughts ways and comprehension and understanding more credibility than God's thoughts and ways, we're going to set ourselves up for disappointment and confusion especially as we attempt to make sense of the times and the seasons that we find ourselves in. So can I encourage us to do our best not to give our thoughts or our ways or what we might consider our wisdom more credibility than God's thoughts, words, and ways. Can I encourage us not to be over-attached, over-committed to our own thoughts to our own ways more than God's thoughts and ways. In actual fact, here's a good prayer to pray. Lord, what's on your mind concerning this matter? And what do I need to do? And what do I need to see? Let me just pray about that right now. Just real quick. Who knows what God will do in a very short, sharp, faith-filled prayer. And so, Father, concerning the circumstances of everyone's life, in the room and online, no matter what they may be, we thank you that you know it all. And Lord, we're praying right now. We're coming before you right now because, Lord, we don't want to be over-attached or over-committed to what we think or to what we feel or to our ways. And so, Lord, we humble ourselves and we ask you, Lord, to give us ears to hear and eyes to see and to ask you what your mind, what your thoughts might be on this matter. And we pray that you would reveal it to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Point number three today, the last point. Number three is the word trust. Now, trust can be an issue. You know, it can be sometimes hard to walk by faith when we're so into what we think and what we feel. I know that we all desire good things to happen within our lives, but all too often we want it right here, right now. But when it doesn't happen that way, we're tempted to ask, why God and when? And I feel that most Christians need to grow 
in the area of trusting God instead of asking God the wrong questions. I think sometimes when we ask God questions, I think it's fine to to ask questions, but just make sure that it's the right question. In Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, one that you know very well, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Anyone who has ever had children or worked with children has had the experience of trying to explain a simple concept to a child only to be asked repeatedly, but why? And no matter how many times you change the wording, whether you talk slower, softer, quicker raise your voice sometimes a child just can't make sense of an adult's intellect (laughs) isn't it true and that's the same with God and us God sees a bigger picture and he understands our personalities he understands our strengths he understands our weaknesses, our anxieties, our, our history, our, our destiny, and he cares about our ultimate good. But unfortunately, we too keep asking, but why God? And at some point, we too have to trust that Daddy, Father, our Heavenly Father, knows what he's doing. Sometimes we have to accept that God's answer is no, or that it's wait. And any adult understands that wait is a wise choice and response to a five-year-old's request for a mobile phone. True? (laughs) Yes, it's true, Edward, isn't it? Amen, bro. And so even though sometimes wait seems very unloving, it seems unkind, even cruel to the child because of their limited reasoning ability. We understand that it is still the mature and the responsible thing to do. And I love what it says in Psalm 31 verse 15. The psalmist said that my times are in your hands. For me personally, that gives me great comfort. My times are in God's hands. Because far better for my times and my seasons and what God has personally called me and us to do, far better for them to be in His hands than for them to be in my hands. And I do want to say to hopefully bring about some adjustment, some correction in our thinking, perhaps even in our hearts. And that is if we're missing joy and peace in our lives, if we've lost our peace, if we've given away our joy, it would be fair to say that we've taken matters again into our own hands. And this is how we become peaceless because we spend more time thinking about how stressed we are instead of thinking about how blessed we are. And I want to encourage us today to give our times back to God, to give our future back to God, to the one who knows the future. Uh, It was back in 2017, uh, I went to Fiji and uh, I went there for the purpose of, um, you know, just ministry and 
doing outdoor crusades and street evangelism and ministering in different churches and things like that. And uh, I went with uh, Ray Coleman. Ray and I went over there, and uh, Ray's currently in, uh, in WA. And so we went there, and we've been picked up by the, the hosting pastor, and uh, we're now in his house on the first day, and we're having dinner together. And uh, so, you know, the, there's fish and taro and all kinds of things on the table. And so at one point there, uh, Rye begins to go through the itinerary. Uh, you know, he, he saw that it was, a, you know, Rye thought it was a good opportunity just to go through the itinerary because we were there for about two weeks. And um, so Rye had it out. And, and so he's going through what we're going to do tomorrow and then the next day and whatever. And, and, and I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm just watching like this whole scene. And because uh, Tala Tala, they call, they call their pastors over there Tala Tala, right? And so Tala Tala, Charlie, <laughs> he's the senior pastor, Charlie, Tala Tala, Charlie. He's, and he's just smiling like this as he's hearing all these details and he's not saying a thing. Just eating like this, he went, and it was quite for me. It was quite amazing because he did not take his eyes off Rye as he was eating. I'm sort of in the middle, Rye's here, and Charlie, and and Rye was doing you know the right thing. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just going through the itinerary for the next week and a bit, and Charlie's just looking at him, and he's just he's got like this fixed smile on his face. And so anyway, Rye finished uh, going through the itinerary. And then, <laughs> I'll never forget it. This is like my big take home from Fiji. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of what Tala Tala Charlie said, which I'm going to land in just a second. So the itinerary had been read. Charlie sits back in his chair, raises both hands in the air, and he says, don't worry, we'll get there. And I thought to myself, I just had a moment. And that's something that I thought that I could personally learn from Tala Tala Charlie. It's like, Jason, it's like church, don't worry about what it might be that you're worrying about. Because guess what? Jesus is with you. He promises that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And He is going to get you there. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to get there. And this reminds me of one of my favorite phrases found in God's Word, which is the phrase, And not many days from now it came to pass. There are 1,265 occurrences over 13 translations to the phrase, and it came to pass. Genghis Khan, the 13th century conqueror, asked his philosophers to come up with a truth that would always be unchangeable forever. Thinking on it, his philosophers came back to their leader with this quote, it too shall pass. In John chapter 13, verse 7, for me, I just cannot get away from this passage of Scripture. And Jesus replied, 
You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday soon you will. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.